Well, as been said before, this is Epiphany Sunday. The word Epiphany comes from a Greek word which means to reveal or a manifestation of a divine being. The word today is generally generally used in two separate ways, one Christian and one secular. As used in Christianity, Epiphany usually is defined by an event. The day that the wise men followed the star to the place where Jesus was born. The actual date given to commemorate that event has traditionally been January 6th and is the subject of worship services on the first Sunday in January. So this is Epiphany Sunday. Great importance is placed on the fact that in the visit by the wise men, They came to recognize Jesus as the Son of God and the Prince of Peace. Because of that recognition, the star that the wise men followed can be referred to as the Star of Peace. Now place yourselves in the position of the wise men. A bright star appears to them somewhere east of Bethlehem. They are compelled to follow that star because it signified the birth of the king of the Jews. Eventually, it led them to a specific location, a stable in Bethlehem. They were excited and could hardly contain their joy. They entered and found the child in the arms of Mary. Overcome with being in the presence of the Son of God, they knelt down and worshipped him. This is the classic example of a true epiphany. They experienced an epiphany. The secular definition for epiphany is a realization or disclosure, a revealing scene or moment. Now, ministers have frequent epiphanies, and they're probably not as you might expect them to be. A minister was saying goodbye to parishioners after a Sunday service. One of them asked, my gosh, how did you get that cut on your face? And the minister answered, well, I was thinking about my sermon this morning, and I wasn't focused on what I was doing. So I cut myself while shaving. The parishioner said, oh, that's too bad. That's terrible. However, in the future, focus on your shaving and cut your sermons. Another example is on a very hot summer day in a church without any air conditioning, kind of like ours. A minister went on and on and on in her sermon. At last, she paused and asked, what more can I say? And immediately at the back of the church, a voice offered earnestly, say amen. (laughs) What I would like to focus on today is the peace star that led the wise men to Jesus and their amazing epiphany. That star is still there, you know. It can lead all of us to peace, even to the Prince of Peace. All we have to do is choose to follow it. However, the light of peace and the peace star has been flickering for quite a while. Its light is like that of a light bulb that is about to burn out. It flickers rapidly and then begins to dim. The reason 
the peace star is flickering is pretty obvious. There's not a whole lot of peace in our world. That is true for all nations of the world, especially for our own, for the communities in which we live, and even within our own personal relationships. According to the website Wars in the World, there are currently 67 countries at war, some against each other, but most of them are fighting militias, separatist groups, or violent religious forces within their own boundaries. Every day, we hear about battles being fought around the world, atrocities being committed upon innocent civilians, suicide bombers taking their own lives, and many others with them. In our own nation, there is a lack of peace in many areas. In communities throughout our land, there is currently unrest, demonstrations, and violence over the deaths of individuals in confrontations with law enforcement officers. Political issues such as immigration, gun control, and the power, and si- power size and scope of government produces sometimes heated arguments and violent reactions. The political divisions in this country are, of course, enormous. doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. Crime rates are, particular, are particularly high in our urban areas and don't reflect the civilized and peaceful society that we like to call ourselves. In our personal relationships, there is frequently a lack of peace, including among our family members, our friends, and acquaintances. Estrangement, refusal to communicate, divorce, and sometimes even violence all can bring a lack of peace to our personal relationships that should be the embodiment of peace. There is a lack of peace that surrounds us. The question becomes, what can we as a congregation do right here and right now to address that lack of peace? What can we do to have the peace star regain the brightness that radiated so strongly from it almost 2,000 years ago to illuminate, to illuminate the epiphany of the wise men? I believe that this congregation, this congregation can be a model of how we bring peace into a situation that can be a setting for lack of peace. You see, in this congregation, just as in any other group, our nation, the world, we do have disagreements. We do have differences of opinion. We do even approach God in separate ways. In other settings, These issues create dissension, hostility, and anger. But here, but here, we are reminded of the words of Jesus at Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Jesus is calling us to bring the bright light of peace and the peace star to all of the interpersonal relationships in which we exist. If we do that here at Neighborhood Church, and we're already a long way down that road, then we will be a model that will draw people to us and want to participate with us. At the very least, it will encourage people to use our model of peace 
within their own situations. So, how do we do that? I would like to suggest three steps that we can take to make it happen. First, real communication needs to be constantly present among us. A few weeks ago, I talked about communication with God. Today, I'm going to talk about communication with each other. The dictionary definition of communication is the act or process of using words, sounds, or signs to express or exchange information or to express your ideas, thoughts, and feelings to someone else. The key word in that definition is exchange. To have peace-building communication, we need to exchange ideas, thoughts, and feelings with each other. The Bible tells us to do what the dictionary suggests we do. In Ephesians 4, 15 through 16, it is written, Speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part working properly promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. Once again, among the key words here are knit together. How do people knit together? They communicate together. Now, the true peace-building communication is not easy. This process involves the next two steps on how to bring the brightness of the peace star to shine. The second step is to listen. Listen. Here again, the Bible gives us instruction on listening. From James 1:19, Learn, let every person be quick to hear and slow to speak. The Old Testament book of Proverbs, chapter 18, has a lot of very direct instructions on listening. At 18.13, it is written, If one gives answer before hearing, it is folly and shame. At 18.2, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing personal opinion. And finally, at 18.21, even fools are thought to be wise if they keep silent and discerning and if they hold their tongues. Is there a lot of listening going on in our society today, especially as it is defined by the Bible? Yes, truly listening to someone can be difficult. How many of us, while hearing someone speak to us, are not listening at all, but instead formulating our response that we want to get out as soon as possible, even if we interrupt the person who is speaking. How many of us look the person right in the eye while they are speaking to us? How many of us, through our body language, show that what show we are truly interested in what is being said to us? Look, We all know those basic listening techniques, but we sometimes forget they are necessary to have true peace building communication between or among people with different views, opinions 
and thoughts. Finally, the last part of peace-building communication is how we speak to one another. We all know that when we speak to another, we are always to speak truthfully, as difficult as that may be. As it is written in Zechariah 8:16, these are the things you shall, shall do. Speak the truth to one another. Render in your gates judgments that are true and made for peace. Also at Ephesians 4.25 we hear, So then, putting away all falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. The truth we are to speak is to be conveyed in a respectful, civil, and well-intentioned manner. I think the word speak needs to be defined. To speak to someone to build peace means to talk directly to them in their presence and look them straight in the eye while the communication is going on. To speak to someone to build peace does not mean sending a tweet or an email and rarely a phone call. I recently attended a meeting in which occurred all that I'm speaking about. Some of you were there. It was an interfaith gathering entitled, Where Can We Find Common Ground About Gun Safety? At the table right next to mine was a gentleman who owned, I believe, over 20 guns. Sounded like a big number to me. At the end of the meeting, he spoke to everyone there about his experience. And he said he came into the meeting expecting he would have to vigorously defend his Second Amendment rights. It turned out that he had an insightful and learning experience, as did everyone else. And it was all done in the spirit of cooperation and friendliness and in peace. I believe that if we demonstrate peace-building communication with each other, the star of peace will shine very brightly over us. Once that star shines brightly over us, people will follow it just as the wise men did. They will experience the peace we have created. Those people will include our family, friends, and members of our communities, our nation, and perhaps the world. And in doing so, we, all of us, will experience a true epiphany of peace. Amen.